Hi, thank you for joining us. This Mita del Com podcast episode has been produced by the Mita Diversity Institute Global, which is a member of the Mita del Com consortium. I think basically all topics and issues will look differently if you have the deliberative dimension of, of the public debate. If we took deliberation into account with different conversation, it would actually make a big change. That's the promise of a deliberative approach to how we tackle key issues in society. And you've heard there from members of the Media Delcom team, Lars Nord from Sweden and Iveta Jansova from Czechia. Hello and welcome to this Media Delcom podcast hosted by me, Tanya Saksuski, and produced by Media Diversity Institute Global. If you've been following our podcast, you'll know the Media Delcom project is looking at the media environment in 14 EU countries to evaluate the risks and opportunities for deliberative communication. If you're new to this project, you might be wondering what deliberative communication is. Well, one way to describe it is that it's an alternative to the them versus us polarized way of examining an issue. Perhaps Joanna Avedani from the Romanian team describes it best. Deliberate communication is not only about talking and having a platform, but it's also it involves the right to be listened and to be considered as part of the problem solving. The idea is that citizens will be better informed to make decisions and feel more engaged in their communities and in core issues affecting their lives. Here's Christina Krakowski and Tobias Eberwein from the Austrian Academy of Sciences and Media Delcom team members. Deliberative journalism is not so well known in Europe in general, so it starts a discussion about this, this concept of journalism. And so I think the general public can absolutely benefit from this. Journalism has a very important social function. We need journalism really to give everybody within society an understanding of what society is, what it means to live together, what is happening in different parts of society. And journalists are certainly the connecting element in this amalgamation of different actors. So journalism is definitely the glue of society that is supposed to keep everything together. In this episode, we'll be taking stock of the project and some of those benefits. We'll be looking at what some media and other organizations are doing around the world to change the way they operate. We'll also be finding out what a deliberative approach means and what it might look like. A project in Colorado in the United States might just have an answer to that last question. A local newspaper there called The Coloradoan has adopted deliberative journalism as a way of reaching out to its community. Ultimately, you know, our goal is to to work toward community solutions, whether it's just improving the amount of information that's available on, you know, to decision makers to say, you know, a lot of issues that we have distrust in media is also seen in distrust in our in our institutions. And a lot of that comes from, especially in the pandemic era, people feeling, you know, not involved in the processes. So if we can say like, hey, here's a forum, there's an active growing group of people who are interested in this, and we're going to present, you know, not as a 
editorial, not as, you know, we're saying this should happen, but this is the conversation around a, a given topic, you know, and hopefully that leads to better decision making makers by the people who, who we put in charge. That's Eric Larson, the editor of the newspaper. His paper abandoned its traditional opinion page, which wasn't performing as well as they wanted, and replaced it with a deliberative approach. The newspaper poses a question or questions based on what's happening in the local news, inviting everyone, subscribers and non-subscribers, to send in their comments and feedback and engage in a conversation. The approach is part of a wider deliberative communications project run by Colorado State University's Centre for Public Deliberation, which aims to improve public communication and community problem-solving. Martin Carcassonne is the director of the center. I think we've done two big things so far. One is we've actually hopefully sparked a really deep conversation about local journalism. So we've deliberated about journalism in a lot of ways. And then we're also trying to kind of innovate on this idea of deliberative journalism. What, uh, How is that different than, than other journalism? How do we kind of build up the skills for journalists to, to you know, also have that as part of their skill set uh, to, to help their local community? Martin Carcassonne believes that deliberative journalism is important for the future of the media. Uh, communities need it. Uh, and I think you know, a, a lot of you know, local papers and news outlets need to kind of redefine themselves and make it clear their value to a community. So I do think it is kind of a potential uh, win-win there, hopefully moving forward. the Norwegian public broadcaster NRK is also breaking away from combative debates and presenting issues in a more constructive and considered way. It changed its television debate program, launching Einig, Do You Agree, in 2019, which is now called Disagree. Although they don't refer to the program as deliberative journalism, it shares a lot of the same principles. And like the project in Colorado, the Norwegian program is trying to engage and win back audiences, especially younger ones. Gro Engen, the program's editor, says audiences were tired of combative debates and younger audiences didn't connect to them and found them boring. So how is her program different, especially for the guests who appear on it? We saw that the discussion got more interesting because they left that typical political talk, I would say it was. And they were more into using examples from their own life, like talking about how they got into this subject and why they became a politician. And also it got more interesting because they were curious and therefore they could ask good questions to the opponent. And it also got them to sort of relax more, I think, because, uh, yeah, because they were listened to. So have you found that the guests are quite keen to come on this show? Do they like this new way of discussing ideas and getting their views across? Do you, is there a kind of demand to come on your show? Do they see a value in it? Yes, uh, they did. Both the participants, both the politicians that we had on the show were very happy. And afterwards, uh, we were also contacted by other politicians that said, if you're going to continue on this program I really want to join. So I think they I think they saw the value also because they know 
they know the statistics. They know that they have to sort of try to appeal to the younger audience, and they know they are not that keen on the traditional arguing and quarrelling debates. So what's needed to embrace a deliberative approach? What has the Media Delcom project found in its research? Well, trust in media is vital, for one. Here's Marcus Krutler, researcher at the Eric Brost Institute for International Journalism in Germany. If we see the media as an, an infrastructure for public deliberation, that like the nervous system of society that's trying to bring different views together, um, that's trying to also explain different views to other groups, if you don't trust that nervous system and if you feel disconnected from it uh, of course that's that's a high that's a high risk and every kind of mechanism every kind of practice that helps to bridge this gap and that helps to show different groups that this system is there to combine different views um, is, is actually an opportunity Protecting freedom of expression and freedom of information through regulations or laws is also key, but the picture in Europe is mixed. Europe represents a really varied picture of how these constitutional guarantees play out for, for the media. And this is really important because, you know, the EU and the Council of Europe, where most EU countries are, all of them actually, they are party, they, they have tried to streamline and adopt laws that are congruent with these guarantees. But at the end, even if the law is there, the implementation might take us different path. So I think that's the most interesting aspect and should be highlighted in the project. That's Anna Candila, research fellow at Elia Map in Greece and member of the Media Delcom team. We have countries where in implementation of, uh, of the laws addressing the media and in particular freedom of expression and freedom of information guarantees works well, uh, even though the laws are not really thick or detailed, like in Sweden, for instance. And then you have, at the other extreme, countries like Romania or Greece, for instance, where you have really, really detailed laws that really touch on every little aspect of the media and media market and ownership, and yet no implementation whatsoever. So why haven't we seen more deliberative journalism and communication? Chris Anderson, a professor of media and communication and co-author of the book The Journalism Manifesto, has warned the media needs to change and quickly to stay relevant. And a deliberative approach is one option. I think deliberative journalism has a huge role to play and it has one problem. So the, the, the opportunities are endless, I would say. Uh, it gets more people involved in the conversation. It promotes new ways of thinking about politics. It creates ways of understanding politics that go beyond this binary us versus them sort of ag agonistic attitude. It trains citizens and it trains journalists in thinking about democracy and about citizenship in new and different ways. It's a training ground for certain types of political practices that we would like to see more of. It, you know, when paired with things like solutions journalism or, you know, sort of the other types of journalism that are out there, it can rethink what, you know, the media is for and what the media is supposed to do. Um, so all of those, I think, are, are tremendous things, are tremendous pluses that deliberative media um, of the kind you're studying and talking about can add to a functioning public sphere. The one problem is, he says, not everyone wants to deliberate. Some people are interested in power, not in deliberation. The one problem that I see is that not everyone wants to deliberate. And so what happens when we have a deliberative system that is forced to engage with 
partisan actors who are utterly uninterested in actually putting in the good faith effort to deliberate. You know, and that is something I think that, um, you know, all of the institutions and the organizations who are who, who have taken up the mantle of deliberative journalism um, need to sort of wrestle with. So let's imagine what a deliberative approach would look like when it comes to media coverage of elections. Here's Lars Nord from Mid-Sweden University again. Because in the del- deliberative concept, you expect news media to provide different opinions, spread diversity, transparency. And if media fulfill these obligations, it will really make a difference compared to elections without deliberative communication, where some voices are not heard, some perspectives are not offered to the public. I'll leave the last thought to Markus Krutler from Germany. But before we go, a quick thank you for joining me for this Media Delcom podcast produced by Media Diversity Institute Global. Well, the question is, what do you want from, from the public? Do you just want to um, give people information to take a decision or do you want to m- want more? Do you want to make sure that everybody who is affected by decisions also has a say in how they come together? Do we want the best argument to be accepted and to shape the decision that is taken in the end? These are all things that are very much connected to the deliberative approach. Listen to us on media.com.eu, Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify and tune in. Please subscribe.